Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. But before we get started with today's program, you can learn more about us, our free events, how to donate, the podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's study of Revelation chapter 21, called The New Heaven and New Earth. The first heaven, the original heaven, the original earth, pass off the stage. Are they replaced or renovated? Interesting thought. Is it a new planet or is it a renovated planet? Well, this language, that there's a first heaven and a first earth, seems to indicate that there may be a second one. However, there is some language that you read about in the flood where everything was destroyed by the flood, but the planet did not cease to exist. It's just that God destroyed it and then made everything new again or started over again with Noah and his family. So that's some of the language that you're dealing with there. And then the bummer for all surfers, there's no longer any sea. And all God's people said, dude, really, man? That's heavy, man. That was a little Raw Reese with a surfer. It's heavy, man. <laughs> heavy in my Chevy. Anyway, we won't go there. So, does this mean that there's no more water? No, because we know there's a spring flowing from the throne of God, and there's uh, the tree of life bearing fruit and so forth. So, it doesn't mean no more water. Does it mean no more oceans? There are theologians that argue that the sea in the ancient mind wasn't, this setting or context is not so much about the elimination of what we might consider an ocean. But in the ancient mind, the, uh, the Jewish mind, for example, the sea was tumultuous, unpredictable. In fact, in Revelation 13.1, I think it's the beast that comes out of the sea And so they saw it as a source of darkness, evil, that which is unpredictable and even uh, frightening. And so it may be that the sea here is more about that uh, which is evil. So uh, there's first heaven and first earth pass away, and then there's no longer any sea. Um, There's something that's mentioned in a commentary that I was reading, and it's... uh, by Leon Morris. And here's what he says. In the end, the seething cauldron, he's speaking about the sea, fraught with unlimited possibilities of evil, will disappear. The sea is one of seven evils John speaks of as being no more. The others being death, mourning, weeping, pain, the curse, and night. If you add the sea to that, that's seven Seven keeps coming up in the book of Revelation. And so we can see that this may be a good way to think about it. The sea, uh, the first earth passes off the stage, the first heaven and the sea. That which belonged to the first order of things is no more. It's replaced. The sea is never still. It's a symbol of changefulness, a source of evil and so forth. And that's probably why it's mentioned here. Uh, There's an interesting thought as we move on in Revelation 21 that I just throw out, again, for your consideration. 
Sometimes when you read about the description of the New Jerusalem, it seems almost synonymous with the bride of Christ. The imagery almost seems to cross over or intersect or even envelop one another. So when he's talking about the New Jerusalem, is he talking about the church as well? What is it? Well, I think you can find in 2 Corinthians 5.17 an interesting parallel to where we're headed. It says, if anyone be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So there have been many, if you read commentaries on the book of Revelation, who have pointed out that there's a parallel between 2 Corinthians 5.17 and the new uh, person we are in Christ and the new creation. I don't want to push it too far because I do think people push it too far. But it is interesting to think about that we are new in Christ and we are anticipating the fullness of our redemption, that is the uh, the, uh, redemption or resurrection of our body. In Isaiah 65, 17, it says, Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. That's Isaiah 65, 17 and 18. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. And then the end of Isaiah, if you turn over there, it's the last chapter of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 66. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah. How many books are in the Bible? 66. Kind of an interesting thing to think about uh, the way that the book of Isaiah lays out. The last chapter of Isaiah Uh, says these words, and it's again in reference to this new heavens and new earth and what God is creating. And this is verse 22, so the very last chapter, Isaiah 66, 22 says, For just as the new heavens and the new earth which I make will endure before me, Isaiah 66, 22, declares the Lord, so your offspring and your name will endure. And it shall be from new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath. All mankind will come to bow down before me, says the Lord. Then they shall go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, and their fire shall not be quenched. And they shall be in an abhorrence to all mankind. John describes the fulfillment of Isaiah 52.1, where Jerusalem, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, The holy city, the capital of the new earth, if you will, is going to put on beautiful garments like a bride. If you go, just flip back to Isaiah 52, take a peek. There's so many scriptures in Isaiah that uh, relate to the uh, book of Revelation and the second coming and so forth. But here's what it says. Isaiah 52, 1 says, Awake, awake, clothe yourself in your strength, O Zion. Clothe yourself in your beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no more come into you. Shake yourself from the dust. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And so in imagery of that, a bride getting ready for her wedding day, the book of Revelation chapter 20 will kind of move that way, but as you're turning right, just take a just park for a second in Matthew 19. Matthew 
Matthew 19, and check out these words of Jesus. He mentions this time, and he uses the word, the regeneration. Check this out. This is Matthew 19, 27. Matthew 19, 27 says, Then Peter answered and said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? Matthew 19, 28. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration, that is the renewal, recreation, or renovation, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you could write in your margin, Matthew 25, you also will, shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers, father or mother or children or farms for my namesake shall receive many times as much and shall inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The regeneration, if you take a peek again at verse 28 of Matthew 19, is often a word that denotes restoration of a thing to its pristine state. It could speak of renovation, renewal, restoration of life after death, or even the renovation of the earth after the deluge of the flood. So back to Revelation 21. So the Bible tells of this coming time when everything will be made new. It says, even they, the earth and the heavens will perish, but you endure, speaking of God. They will wear out like a garment, like clothing. Thou will change them and they will be changed. Psalm 102, 26. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. Listen to that again. Heaven and earth will what? Will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. So even Jesus said the current heavens and the current earth will pass off the stage. That's Luke uh, 21, verse 33. So this is the first part of Revelation 21. New heavens, new earth, passing off the stage. We often say when someone dies, they passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And John says, 21, 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Again, the word is kainos, the new Jerusalem coming down. Its architect and builder is God, if you will, Hebrews eleven ten. It was coming down out of heaven, this new Jerusalem from God, coming down, I take it, to the earth, made ready, this new Jerusalem is made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. Now, on a wedding day, it's always interesting as a pastor to observe the time that it takes a woman to get ready for her wedding day as opposed to a man. Don't mean to offend you, ladies. This is just the reality of the world. Guys, take a shower, take a couple looks in the mirror, pretty much ready. <laughs> they get the rented tux, those shiny shoes, and they're good. The ladies meet at 5 in the morning, even if the wedding's at 6 p.m. at night. And they have curlers and extra female presences to do makeup. And it seems that blow dryers multiply and so forth. And anyway, whatever happens, right? But there's a process of getting ready. And we guys appreciate you ladies getting ready. Because when that bride walks through those doors, oh boy, I was 
try to focus on the groom and just see what's what's going on. Right? <laughs> There's usually a combination of tears and tremors and things going on. And oftentimes a big smile. Because it's just, just such a huge moment. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Jesus said, I go and prepare what? A place for you. And I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It's interesting to think about that there is a new heaven and a new earth, and it would appear that during the thousand-year reign of Christ, where we rule and reign with the Lord, is on the earth. It's a new Jerusalem. If we are there in the new Jerusalem, by the way, there are some scholars that believe the new Jerusalem hovers above the earth. That is one view that would be an orthodox view. But I don't see it in the text. So I'm going to come to the conclusion that the new Jerusalem literally comes down out of heaven to the earth. And that's where Jesus is literally reigning. Therefore, if the thousand-year reign is literal, you and I will be in physical, resurrected bodies for a thousand years in a new earth, ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. Hanging out with lions, playing with snakes, whatever you're going to do with your free time, I, I don't know. I like to tell this story because it's relevant to this issue. Some years ago, I uh, played racquetball with a wonderful African-American brother. He was just so fun to play racquetball with. Great personality. And uh, he would, I would make a shot and he would say, now that's a shame. And I'd say, no, that's not a shame. That was a good shot by Pastor Michael. And he would miss a shot and he would say, now that's a shame. We had very competitive racquetball matches. It was always a lot of fun. And then he disappeared from the gym and I had heard that Uh, from somebody that was attending the gym that his wife had passed away. And she was only in her 30s. He was probably in his mid-30s at the time. So he was just gone, and I didn't have his phone number, so I didn't talk to him. But anyway, he showed back up at the gym some months later, and I said, hey, bro, I, I heard about your wife. I am so sorry that this happened. And I said, how are you doing? And he goes, man, I, I'm just taking it day by day. But he goes, before my wife passed, she... She had heard something from a pastor, and she said that this pastor said that dying is kind of like being born. I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, when you are in your mommy's womb and, you know, you're in this water wonderland, that's all you know. You're in her womb, and you don't understand that there's people on the other side that have been waiting for you, and they've been, they've been painting this room, and they got a crib, and they got all these toys, and they've been painting it in Dodger colors. Did you hear that? Dodger colors, Steeler colors. Anyway, but you don't know how much your arrival has, being, has been uh, 
anticipated. And then all of a sudden there's this flood of light and you're born into this world and you have parents that have just been waiting for you to get there. Dying is kind of like being born. When we die, we don't know what to expect. This is all we know. But what we're going to find is that we're going to end up somewhere where they've been waiting for our arrival. The Lord of glory has been waiting and I believe he painted my mansion in Dodger blue. Come on. All right, no, I don't believe that. It's, I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> Although Tommy Lasorda did talk about the great Dodger in the sky, but I think his theology's off. So, And I know what you guys are thinking who are angel fans. Angels are more biblical. I understand that. We're not even going to go there. <laughs> it's been a while. This Jesus... Whom you saw, yeah, thank you for that. That was good. <laughs> Since they won anything, yeah, I know. This Jesus whom you saw go into heaven is coming in the same way that you saw him go. That was almost 2,000 years ago. Do you think the people who were living at that time thought, man, it's going to be at least 2,000 years between the first and second advent? I don't think that they understood that. This new city is likened to a bride. One commentator says, the city is pictured as a bride because it contains the bride and takes on her character. Let's see a little bit about this bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He shall dwell among them. They shall be his people and God himself shall be among them. If you look at Revelation 21, 9, it says, One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I shall show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And then he's carried away in the Spirit, and then he begins to describe the city. So you can see the direct parallel between the bride and the city. There are some people who argue that the city, the New Jerusalem, represents the church. And they see the foundation stones with the names of the apostles and say that the, in Ephesians 2.20, the apostles and prophets are the foundation of the church. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. They see if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. And they see the new Jerusalem as a symbol for the church. It's certainly true that God dwells among his people. In fact, you are the temple of his what? Holy Spirit right now. And in what we would call covenant language, it says they shall be his people, 21.3, and God himself shall be among them. God will dwell among his people. Covenant language found in Jeremiah 7.23, 11.4, Ezekiel 11, 20, 34, 24. I'm sorry. You'll have to go back and get the recording. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. Um, think about covenant language. Marriage is what? It's a covenant. We have a covenant with our God. We now live in the new covenant. Our down payment is the Holy Spirit in modern Greek, Arhaban. It's an engagement ring. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit 
unto the day of redemption. The promise God has given us is like an engagement ring. It's his spirit. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And the down payment I have of my future redemption is his very presence in my life. God will dwell with his people. God himself shall be among them. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was part two of his study in Revelation chapter 21 called The New Heaven and New Earth. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael again shortly, but I want to remind you that we archive our programs on walkintruth.com, so you can listen anytime in addition to this fantastic radio station. We also podcast the program, so search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Hey folks, Pastor Michael here. We really appreciate your partnership with us here at Walk in Truth. And as you've been hearing on these radio broadcasts, to partner with us in prayer and in giving is a blessing. We've been getting questions from radio listeners. We've been getting encouraging emails. And we would be encouraged if you would consider partnering with us and putting some feet to that, even if it's a small monthly amount. Multiple small monthly amounts make a huge difference. And we, frankly, we have some open doors, some radio stations really across the country that are inviting Walk in Truth to be part of their lineup. And we can't walk through those doors right now because we just simply don't have the funds. And you say, well, what are the funds, Pastor Michael? Well, uh, airtime is, is definitely not cheap. We're doing podcasting now to expand our reach. We have studio time, equipment, staff, we are doing events. There's a lot going on. And uh, we don't have a big staff here, and we frankly don't have a big budget, but we would love to see this program go wherever the Lord would want to take it. And we don't want funds to ever hold us back. And we're praying for big things, and we serve a big God, but He allows us to be part of that solution. He allows us to give. And, you know, the Bible records that we give to the work of the Lord, not to necessarily to a ministry, but through a ministry to reach out to others. So if you're being blessed by what you're hearing on this program and you want to partner with us, go to walkintruth.com and click on the Donate tab and start donating today because we can assume that someone else will do it. And the truth is that that someone else may just be you. So pray about it. And give today, and you will help us reach out to more people. We deeply appreciate you considering partnering with us. And for those of you who are giving to this ministry, we just want to say a grateful thank you. May we redeem every bit of our time, talent, and treasure for the gospel of Jesus and for his glory. Hey, friends, we've been telling you about this special 633 event on September 29th at Living Truth in the city of Corona, where I have the privilege of being senior pastor. You know, we have a great church here in the city of Corona, and we do these 633 events multiple times during the year on a Sunday night. They start at 633 in the evening. Yes, we got a little bit cute there. We did it based upon Matthew 633, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Now, the things that Jesus was talking about is things that we worry about in life. And the following verse, Matthew six thirty four says, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. That's what everybody else worries about. The pagans worry about. The heathen worries about. Hey, today's got enough trouble, so don't worry about tomorrow. Sounds easy until you try it, right? <laughs> well, that's actually what we're tackling on this 633 event is we're talking about stress, anxiety, depression, 
things that stress us out cause us to be fearful, cause us to freeze up and even maybe uh, back down or uh, isolate ourselves. Unhealthy things, but we all can go through them, Christian and non-Christian alike. And this particular event is called Finding Quiet with Dr. J.P. Moreland. And if you heard the interview we did with Dr. Moreland, man, he is so honest about what he went through. And he has biblical answers. He has he uses research knowledge to bring other fields of knowledge to help us get the help we need, whatever level that may be. It may be you. It may be a friend or family member. It may be both. This need is so wide, it's amazing. So much stress and anxiety in our world. And we have so much at our fingertips, but we're so overwhelmed so much of the time. And I think this particular evening is going to minister to you. It's the 633 event called Finding Quiet with Dr. J.P. Moreland. We'd like you to register, and we'd love for you and your family and friends to be there. Love to meet you on that night. If you're a radio listener, part of our listening family, we would love to have you. Go to walkintruth.com to register. Click on the red banner on the site, walkintruth.com. And we'll see you at 633. When you tune in tomorrow, we'll be listening to part three of Pastor Michael's study in Revelation 21 called The New Heaven and New Earth. And make sure you listen in on Thursday for a special program. Pastor Michael will have a conversation with J.P. Moreland, author of Finding Quiet, about how you can gain freedom from anxiety and depression through biblical, spiritual practices. Remember, we'd love to hear from you. So visit walkintruth.com. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.